I think short books, we we could actually have a short episode. We'll see. I think we can. I doubt it. We can stick with the theme of short. Concise, to the point, short and sweet. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're talking about short books. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a quick minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media. All of this truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey, Renee. Oh, whoops. Jinx. (laughs) How are you? Good, good, good. Excited to talk about short books. It kind of sounds funny to say short books. Short books. I know that. That's why in the opening at first, I was like, we're talking about short reads, short books. Either way, it feels strange because it's, it's, it's odd, but yeah. there's a method to our madness. There is a method. And I know folks do ask sometimes like, hey, do you have any shorter recs? And we'll definitely get into what's a short book? What did we consider a short book? Yes. Why some folks might be looking for short books and sometimes why it's fun to incorporate a shorter read into your reading life. Exactly. You want to jump in? Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I'm like acting like I'm brand new. I know why, because this is, we've had a couple of strange episodes. We did our half of best of the year so far. We did with Kate Spencer. Mm-hmm. And now so- this is like the first regular, just you and me kid. I know. Back on topic. Back on topic, babe. Back on topic. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you about my loving lately. And you can't make fun of me. Okay. I don't want to see no eye rolls, nothing. This goes to you two listeners because my (laughs) loving lately is 90 Day Fiance. This program is, gosh, it's so satisfying. I have to say this has been on for a really long time, but I discovered it when I was on maternity leave. I was up overnight with Lily, kind of like looking for a show, and I stumbled upon 90 Day Fiance. Thank God I did, because it's if you're not familiar, it's a show on TLC, and it's about international couples. So there's this thing called the K-1 visa, where if a couple gets engaged, one's a U.S. citizen, and the other person is not a U.S. citizen, they want to get married here in the U.S., they get the K-1 visa. And what it says is it'll allow them to come into the country, but they must get married within 90 days. So what I like about this show is that these folks, these people fell in love previously. Like, we don't see that part. What we see is the part when they actually come to the U.S. and have those 90 days to actually put together a wedding and get married. Now, when I say they fell in love previously, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they genuinely have been dating for a long time, long distance. They come over. It's lovely. It's great. Other times they have a, a storyline now and again where there's like catfishing or like a woman. I remember when I was uh, a couple years ago, she was catfished by a man and like he would never like FaceTime with her. And she was an older woman and she really thought this guy was legitimate. Anyway. Most of the couples, though, I will say, are these genuine couples that fell in love and and truly do want to get married. Also, and what I like about this show, like contrary to shows like The Bachelor or whatever, is most of the time they do get married. 
And then if you end up liking the format, there is a rabbit's hole kind of never <laughs> ending series of spin-offs. You have 90 Day Happily Ever After, you have 90 Day the other way where somebody from the US goes to another country. Sometimes these couples will play come back in, in in different seasons. So there's a ton of seasons. I think it's been on since 2014. So there's plenty of material oh. for you if you're like looking to really get invested. But you don't need to. You can kind of dive in wherever you like. Now, what I'm specifically recommending is 90 Day Fiance, but they do this where they show the episode, but they have previous seasons couples comment on it as they're watching. So it's kind of a shortened version of the real show, but you have these couples that you recognize that are super funny that are like, oh my God, she's going to go to meet him. Like they're so excited. Like they're commenting as a part of the show. It's so fun. It's so fun. And I've actually found, I have to say, at first I thought, oh my gosh, this show is going to be silly. It's going to be dumb. Quite, <laughs> I, I was a snob about it. But what I like is I actually learn a ton about other cultures. I've learned a ton about just other ways of life. Um, you know, you've got Muslim men who are marrying American women and like the struggles that they go through with the different religion. You've had um, a woman from the U.S. who wanted to marry a man from Syria and all of that struggle that they went through. I mean, it's honestly fascinating. I freaking love this show, you guys. And I came back to it after like taking a year off. I don't know why, but I'm watching the most recent season, which is season nine. And it's a blast. I highly recommend it. It's 90 Day Fiance. That's not at all what I thought it was about. I know just the yeah. name of that show, but I guess I thought it was people that meet, like meet, and within 90 days yes. have to decide to get married. I they thought just you too. meet each other. Okay. I thought so too. And that stuff, I'm like, okay, it's kind of gamey, yeah. gimmicky. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes these couples, like, they've met for a week on vacation and, like, one flies to the U.S. to try and get married. But they actually, there's some real success stories. Like, there's a couple couples with, actually several, many couples with children. And, like, years later, they're still oh, I like that. together. I like now, that. yeah, there are definitely some relationships that absolutely implode. And, I mean, okay. but it's it's fascinating. I, again, what I love too is they visit the other people's countries. So you get to like see what Syria looks like. You get to see what Russia looks like. You get to see what uh, Israel looks like. Like so many different places, like places I've never even like thought of, like Moldova. Okay. I don't know where that, that sounds, was until the show. That really good and much different than I thought. Yeah, so it's very... it's really fun. You might dig it. And then, like I said, the ones where the people from the couch are chiming in on it, it's super funny. <laughs> okay, I'm really glad you brought that. Mine is much less fascinating than yours. <laughs> Mine is so <laughs> okay. simple. But you know what? Sometimes, sometimes simple is good. And I am bringing Trader Joe's Pepita Salsa. I love anything Trader Joe's. I'm like, now give it to me. Have you heard of their pepita salsa? Yes. I don't know if okay. I've had it though. Well, and I, I do know that not everyone is near a Trader Joe's, but if if you know, if you're not, but maybe you know someone, you could always have them send you some. I would never in a million years have picked this up. I know. I'm kind of surprised. It's also that has a pumpkin. It has a pumpkin on it. And I remember thinking that's looks gross. <laughs> and then a friend recommended it. And sure enough, it is addicting. And I keep bringing it out this summer as a, you know, when we have people over as a, as a chips and dip appetizer, chips and salsa, and everyone loves it. It is actually pretty spicy and it's made 
with a thicker consistency. There is a lot of red peppers. There's the, it has a kick. There is definitely a lot of peppers. It says onions. I don't like onions, but I don't taste onions. So it's getting it 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 got past me with the onions. But that yeah, I don't know. It it's my favorite salsa. Everybody seems to like it. And it's not something that maybe a lot of people would think to try because of Mm-mm. the pumpkin on the label. So anyway, that's it. It's easy. It's simple. It's Trader Joe's Pepita Salsa. Now, what's a pepita? Well, that... <laughs> wait, John's probably going to have to cut this because I don't... We're not, <laughs> I, it's a pumpkin seed, I believe. A, it is a pumpkin pepita. seed. A pe- okay. Right, then I do know what it is. A pepita is a pumpkin seed. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'll be damned. That's super because, cool. But it threw me off because pumpkin seeds... Like at the store, you can buy pumpkin seeds, but you can oh. also buy pepitas. So I'm confused huh. as huh. to they can't be this exact same thing. But I don't I'm know. looking at this and I'm with you. I would not buy this because it looks not yes. bad, but it kind of looks like fall. It looks like it's going to be mm-hmm. pumpkin butter and it's going to be gross. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not. Thank a, you. Yes. It really looks That's like it's going like. to be strange. No offense to the pepitas out there. And it is. Y- <laughs> <laughs> it's just and strange. It is, Yummy. Mm. Okay. It's very yummy. Okay, cool. I always, like I said, I love Trader Joe's. I love a, like a, a solid cult recommendation. Like I will absolutely take any sort well, of Well, I didn't snack. even mention the price point. I think it got raised a little bit, but it was $2.99. Oh. And now I think it's like $3.20 here mm. in Columbus. You can't beat that. You cannot mm. beat that price. Wow. I'm t- I'm looking it up and uh the first two shopping that came up, it's eleven twenty, but it's at the Jubilee grocery. So you know, people apparently are buying it and trying to mark it up. Oh. Oh, that's so yeah. strange. That means it's good though. On Trader Joe's website, when I just double checked the ingredients or whatever, uh it said two ninety nine. Okay. But when I, I got well, I buy like four jars yeah. at a time. Well, because honestly, they sell out. I know. You know how Trader Joe's is. I know. And that's the problem because I don't want to be the folk, the person that is like, I love this lotion. I'm going to buy 18 of them. But I'm also <laughs> like, damn, I, I love this lotion and I want more of it. But then well, if it catches no, no, on, got, it'll sell you out. too because that's what happens at Trader Joe's. Mm, and I demand. love how the, the cashiers are always, they are always encouraged. They're always like, yes. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're buying it up because it goes fast. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they stress me out though. I hate when they're like so. Like the last time, sometimes they're different than others. Last time, the lady was like, "So, what are you look most looking forward to in your haul?" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> like, I that. That was all of it. I like looked at the first thing she was holding. I was like, "Oh, this naan looks great." <laughs> I, I panic because you know how they always like comment on your groceries. They always. I love Trader question. Joe's. Yes. I love Trader Joe's. I don't get me it, wrong, yes. but like I was just like, uh, "This naan." I don't. <laughs> I don't they know. They have the best. They do have the best customer service. They do. Their customer they service is lovely. Always ask a question to engage, mm-hmm. and usually it's like, "So, what are you doing today?" I mean, mm-hmm. I I've had so many say like, "What are you out doing today?" Yeah, I'm <laughs> just like uh, hanging out. Running some errands, yeah. doing this and that. Lily, they're always cute with Lily. They always give her stickers every time. They're like, does she want some stickers? I was like, yeah, she does. <laughs> All right. Trader Joe's All love. Right. Trader Joe's. There we go. All right. Well, what have you been reading? Let me tell you about my latest read. Now, I we had a l- couple weeks break sort of here and there. So this one I read several weeks ago. However, I definitely wanted to bring it to the show because this was on my summer bonanza. And you know, I love to like update people on my summer bonanza choices. We both do. 
So this one is Body Grammar by Jules Ullman. This one is the coming-of-age queer love story set in the world of international modeling. So I was very excited about it. That was all I needed, that sentence. That was the hook. And it's about Lou. And Lou is 18, and she's just coming into her own when a tragic accident changes her life's trajectory. Her love is in photography. That's what she loves to do. But she's beautiful. She's tall, very thin. She has this androgynous look. And she always gets approached by scouting agents across Portland to, like, get her to be in front of the camera. She's like, no, 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 I don't want to do it. She doesn't like fashion. She doesn't care about being in the spotlight. And she really just wants to hang out with her best friend, Ivy, who's in a band. And Ivy's her closest friend and her secret crush. So it kind of opens. They're just doing normal, you know, senior year type things. But then they go on a hike that ends up in, that it changes their lives. It just ends terribly. And Lou's affected. They all are. And she finds herself lost and kind of questioning, gosh, what what do I do now? What is my life worth? And she's feeling very guilty. So she decides, you know what? I'm going to accept an invitation of one of these agents, the modeling agencies, and they move her to New York. She's pretty much instantly thrust into the world of international fashion shows, modeling, couture, editorial shoots. She doesn't know anything about it, but she keeps getting picked because she has this look. She has the it thing. Whereas there's these other models that have been trying for years and years to break into the industry, and she's just like finding this success pretty quickly. However, as she becomes more successful, she's losing touch with Ivy. She's losing touch with her hometown because she's across the country and losing herself as an individual and her identity. And she also, as she's away, is, is kind of admitting to herself that she is still in love, that she is in love with Ivy. I found this to be a very quiet, character-driven story about a girl thrown into situations she never imagined for herself. She was growing up and kind of had this small life, but because of this turning point, decided to take a risk and now is like, she's on billboards. She never would have expected it and isn't sure really how she feels about it. I will say I listened to the audio and really enjoyed the narration that kind of uh, kept me listening and kept me engaged. What I was initially interested in was that hook of the world of international modeling and the fashion world. But I kept reading to see if Jules and Ivy would get together. You'll have to read it and see how this all wraps up. I would say if you are a fan of slow burn coming of age love stories and or sapphic love stories, this would be a good one for you. So this book was Body Grammar by Jules Omen. Okay. I'm glad we got feedback from something on the summer bonanza. Mm -hmm. All right. My latest read is one you may not have expected me to read, but I was feeling, I think I was a little slumpy when I, and so I needed, I decided to go with something, not my usual mystery Mm -hmm. thriller Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I went with Nora Goes Off Script Mm -hmm. by Annabelle Monahan. Mm-hmm. This has been getting such good reviews. Sorry to such cut you off. Such good reviews. Yes. I'm excited yes. you tried it. And it does fall in into short books, which I didn't know, but I will say it's only 272 pages. But everybody, I, I kept seeing, I shouldn't say everybody, several people were putting this on their best of 2022 so far. And finally, I was like, I need to look at this book because nothing else is is hitting me. It is a romance. I haven't been reading a lot of romance, but man, this worked for me. And it's been named one of the best beach reads of summer 2022 by Washington Post, BuzzFeed, Book Riot, Cosmopolitan, and more, USA Today. 
So this is about Nora Hamilton, and she is a single mom, and she knows the formula for love better than anyone. She is a romance channel screenwriter. So think Hallmark Channel. She writes movies for them. And when her husband, who was really, really a jerk, up and leaves her and their two kids, he just goes, doesn't take, I think he actually left the country, left her to take care of the kids. No money, nothing. So she's on her own. She decides to turn that story, their story, into a screenplay. And sure enough, it gets picked up to be adapted into a movie, but not just any movie, a big blockbuster movie. So big movie stars are coming and they want to film at her house, her 100-year-old home. So the person who's going to play her husband just so happens to be the sexiest man alive, Leo Vance. And make no mistake about it, Nora is very matter of fact that she's unfazed by him. She's she's okay with them filming at her house, but once it's done, it's done. And she wants everyone out and to move on. And that's not what happens. This is a love story, but it's a different type of love story. And I don't want to say anything else about it. I'm going to leave it there. To me, this was very different than any of the other, I'm going to call a lot of them cliched happily ever afters. That is not what this was. This was very interesting. It was bittersweet at times. It was funny. It showed an authentic look at possible love where things get messy and complicated because it also explored single motherhood, the chance at new love, the letting go of old expectations, the difficulties of parenting, and the difficulties of fame and how to navigate all of that in a potential relationship. And you have to read to find out if they got together, if they didn't get together. But here's what I loved. I loved Nora. I loved Leo. I loved the side characters. I loved the writing. There there was just enough jazzy. I don't even really want to call it banter because sometimes when I think banter, I think sarcastic back and forth one-liners that just bother me. And that's not the type of banter that I enjoy. This was the type of banter I enjoy. And I think if you're looking for a different type of romance, give this a try. It is worth it. It's worth the buzz. I gave it five stars. Nora Goes Off Script by Annabelle Monahan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. This is one I think would be perfect for breaking a slump. I've seen it around. I've seen so many good reviews on it. And mm-hmm. I like that you said it's not expected. It's not cheesy. Did you listen to this one you said? I alternated. Okay. I did listen mo- to most of it. I alternated print and audio and I enjoyed the audio a lot. I probably listened to 75% on uh, of it on audio. And yeah, I can recommend the audio for sure. I think she did voices great. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to actually introduce a little tiny, tiny new segment to our podcast. And we wanted to bring in some listener latest read. So what we're doing is inviting our listeners to send us one of the books that they've read lately and 
Give us one or two sentences as to what you enjoyed about it, why you enjoyed it, obviously the title and the author, and we will share your handle on our podcast and share it with our listeners because, you know, we're always looking for more books to add to our TBR list. So today's listener latest read is from Sarah S. at Bowie.Ann.Books. And the book that she brought is actually one that I've been super curious about for a a minute. So she recommends Other People's Clothes by Kala Henkel. She calls this a whirlwind, slow burn mystery that takes place in Obama-era Berlin with one of the most intense last lines of a novel ever. I've heard this be called Namanda Knox Reimagining, which I can totally see. I desperately want to know what happened after that line. I'm like, excuse me? I, I I definitely want to read this. So kudos to you, Sarah. You've sold it to me in like Mm -hmm. one sentence. So I wanted to, we wanted to incorporate this. And again, if you want to have a chance to be featured on our podcast, if you have a book that you've read lately that you think our listeners might also want to hear about, send them to us. You can DM us or you can send us an email, booktalketc at gmail.com. Yes. I love that we're doing this. I love the sound of that book. And I also was thinking too, well, there will always be something a little extra now Mm -hmm. that, you know, just to include something outside of what you and I, like you and I, what if we don't necessarily enjoy our latest reads, but we'll always bring a listener latest read that somebody enjoyed. Plus, it's kind of fun for us to get recommendations as well that neither one of us have read. So it's like, wait a minute. Now I'm like desperate to know what this last line is. Anyway, so Yeah, if that sounds like something you want to participate in, definitely feel free to hit us up. But for now, we're going to transition into talking a little bit about short books. Why did we pick this topic? Do you remember what had us add this to the list? I think, yeah, I I think that we did because it's summer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we thought we like to read shorter books sometimes Mm -hmm. because things are so busy in the summer. And other people are also looking for some short book recommendations. So we thought, yeah, let's do that. And then we did have a listener feedback on short chapters. So we're going to incorporate a little bit short chapter, short book, which at first I thought, oh, I don't don't know. I haven't thought that much about short chapters. But then once I got thinking about it, it's yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, and I know a lot of people like books with short chapters. And at first, I have to say, I was like, do I care about books with short chapters? Is that something that like gives me joy when reading? So I was thinking about it, and I decided, you know what? I think there is a lot of pros to reading books with short chapters. First and foremost, obviously, it keeps you turning the pages. Because if it's done well, what it'll do is give you almost a little bit of a cliffhanger. And you're kind of like, okay, flipping, flipping, flipping. Like, wait, I want to go back to that perspective. Because I like multiple narrators, but I don't like if the chapters are too long. And then by the time we get back to that person, I'm like, what happened the last time we were here? Like, I like to, it keeps me engaged if the chapters are a little bit shorter, but I will say I don't like short chapters if there's too many points of view. Like I can't have a million. I like two to three is my sweet spot, but you know, it could be more. Okay. Yeah. What are you, or what were you looking at as your basis for what is a short book? 
In my fr- in my mind, I was two fifty or less, two hundred fifty pages or less. Two fifty? Yeah, yeah. I was oh. literally like, that's where I. St- and I know that's quite short, because okay. then I started getting in my head, and I'm like, well, is this a novel or is this a novella? What's the difference? And you know, I like definitions. So then I started mm-hmm. questioning, and I'm like, okay, walk it back a little bit. Why does it matter? Why does this matter at all? And I think part of the reason that we actually wanted to do an episode on short books is because a lot of like sometimes it's fun to read a book that is short. If I'm in a slump, I might like a short book to help me like get that sense of achievement. Like, hell yeah, I just finished a book this week. Like if, you know, I feel like I haven't finished anything in a, you know, a couple days for me, I'm like, yes, okay. A short one got me through it. Also, if you're trying to hit reading goals, if you want to read a certain number of books in a year, it could be nice to have some solid short book recommendations in your back pocket so that you can make sure to, you know, kind of, again, these are these arbitrary goals we impose on ourselves. But sometimes it's fun to like add a short book now and then. Right. And I think it's going to be helpful to our listeners to know some of our favorite books, not only what we're going to talk about in our topic that we just read that actually is a short book, but also what are some of our favorites? Because then we can maybe they'll reference the podcast episode or make a TBR of of short books because I know I usually don't necessarily know when I'm starting out with a new read that it's going to be less than 350 pages, which that was my mm-hmm. level for short book. I, I wanted to hit around 300 to 350 yeah. because that's what I, to me, that's short. But I don't always even check the page numbers. Sometimes I don't before either. I yeah. start, especially if it's um, audio or an ebook. Like I don't mm-hmm. know how many pages it is. Exactly. Um, sometimes I do know the hours based on how long the audiobook is. Yeah. I can kind of guess that You're it like, might okay. be a short book. Right. But I do think, and I'm bringing one today that is pretty short, but it felt long. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And that's interesting you bring that up because at first I thought I don't like short books because I like somebody, I I like a character study. I want to know these people. I don't like to walk away with too many unanswered questions. So I read a book called Joan is Okay by Wakey Wang and I liked it. What I was missing, I was like, I want to know more about Joan. I want to know that she truly is okay. She's telling me she's okay, but like, is she okay? <laughs> and it was at the beginning of the pandemic, and it almost stopped kind of right when things were ramping up as she was stepping into her role as an ER doctor. So that one, I was like, oh, I could have used another 100 pages because I want to know more about mm-hmm. this character. It's not a knock on the book because I actually think it's good that I actually cared enough about her to finish and want to know more. But I, I almost think a short book some of the beauty of it is if you don't even realize it's short, because then you're like, you feel like you got a complete story. You don't feel like something was left unsaid. So I I came around to deciding that I do quite like short books. I also think short books can be great for people that are not crazy readers like us that don't Mm -hmm. read a hundred plus books a year or whatever it is. If they're newer readers or if they're maybe casual readers, there's something about having a short book that's really solid that I think can give them that sense of accomplishment almost, which maybe sounds silly, but I, I think there is something to that. No, I think you're right. I do think a lot of times short books can tend to be more plot-driven and mm-hmm. more, and faster paced mm-hmm. because they're shorter, but the story has to be told 
in less pages. So a lot of times I like that a lot because that means I'm going to get, I usually feel like I'm going to get less of a meandering Mm -hmm. plot. Yes. Less of a setup and more of action. Mm -hmm. And which when I'm in the mood for that, then that that's like a perfect combination. But if you're looking for a longer read and you're in the mood to settle in with characters and, you know, more pages than a short book would not fit that bill. Sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I have one today that is very literary, very much literary. I will say if this was any more than the 240 pages it was, it would have felt too much Mm because it was very, I would have gotten bogged down in the writing because I, Mm -hmm. yeah, I would have gotten bogged down in the writing, but the writing was gorgeous, but I liked that it was tight. Like it was I know I'm only getting this many pages with these two characters. So if it's a little funky in these few pages, it's okay. Because more pages are just around the bend. And this particular book did a good job with propelling the plot still while still giving me this beautiful writing. But yeah, because I thought too, surely books that are short or have short chapters and or both are often fast paced. My second one is that way. It's more fast paced. Okay. So we did put together a little bit of from our own shelves, right? Or from our our favorites based off the question that we got or the listener feedback that we got, which was, can you share a few of your favorite books with short chapters? And then we also kind of took that and went with what are our other, it doesn't have to be all-time favorite, but some favorite short books. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of got both. Real quick, we're not going to do synopsis, we're just going to yeah. toss these out there. You start with the chapters because I didn't get any of those. I don't have very many. Okay. I didn't look that closely at the chapter length because that's not something I am drawn to as a reader, oddly. Like, it doesn't matter to me. If it's short, long, it, I could go either way. It just depends on the story. But if you have short chapter books, let's have you start with those. Okay. I do. So I was able to check because they're on my five-star bookshelf. Oh, nice. <laughs> so the first one is The Book Thief. Now, oh, this is very yeah. long. Mm-hmm. It's 552 pages, but the chapter length is anywhere is one to 10 pages. Wow. Which is yeah. f- amazing, right? And within those chapters, there are very, very short snippets of newspaper clippings or just a sign that's being read. And so there's not a lot of words on quite a lot of the pages. Now, this was interesting. And I have another book that's also interesting that does this. There's one chapter in the middle, like towards the middle of the book, that's 23 pages long. Interesting. That they added that. I know. And that, but the rest, yeah, uh, an average of one to 10 pages. I really like that for the flow and the pace. And that book was bingeable to me. I just... It was a binge read at 552 pages. I love that book too. Okay. I have three that I'll share real quick. The My other one, maybe you should talk to someone. Also long, 412 pages. The average chapter length, three to 10 pages. Wow. I didn't so know that about that one. It flew by. It flew by. Mm-hmm. I, w- I thought for sure that was long chapters based on how I remember being so immersed in that story and the people but no, three to 10 pages. And then the other one I want to mention 
um, which was my number one book of 2021, and Untamed State by Roxanne Gay. This is 367 pages, so just over my short book, like short book length mark, but the chapter length is three and a half to 10 pages. She also, towards the middle of the book, has one chapter that's 22 and a half pages. I think that's so interesting there because that's intentional, right? I feel like that there, there's, some, there's some meaning there. Yeah, it has to be. And I wonder if now that I'm thinking about it, I've never thought about this before. Maybe authors are writing short chapters for that reason. Pace. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, um, it's right? a literary like, device. Yes, plot for the plot, for the pace. But maybe they put in like a very long chapter to really like, because there has to be a point where there's a lot, like they need to say a lot, whether it's to move mm -hmm. the story through the middle part, because both of those in were in towards the middle of the book, which I found really interesting. Now, I will never dig this deep into into anything that was just for this episode, but it was kind of interesting to do that. Yeah. So I didn't come up with books. I didn't look at their chapters like in because I didn't have the copies in front of me necessarily. But I do have some books that are short books that I, to me, when I'm thinking of a short book, I want one that feels full. I don't want one that feels truncated. I want one that feels like a longer book. Quickly, I, I have Between the World and Me, Ta-Nehisi Coates, 155 pages, which I'm like, what? It feels wow, so much bigger. Okay. Passing by Nella Larson at 160. That's probably my favorite classic book. Read it, but definitely get to the end because the ending is fabulous, in my opinion. Of course, An Elderly Lady is Up to No Good, which I think we've talked about on this show before. That's Helene Turnstein, and that's 178 pages. Luster by Raven Leilani. I really enjoyed that one. It's super messy, kind of Gen Xer, not Gen Xer, Gen Zer, uh, at 2:40. And then My Sister, The Serial Killer, by Oyinkin Braithwaite. I love that book. That book was so dark, but like oddly funny and humorous. That one's at 2:40. So those are some really solid recommendations that I rated super highly that I think could be good if you're looking for a short book. Yes, I love that. Let me grab. All right. So, oh, I love, I want to, I want to mention this. Castle of Water by Dane Hucklebridge. <gasps> oh, 288 pages. What a book talk, et cetera. Throwback. Oh my gosh. Yes. You recommended that on like her third mm -hmm. episode or something. Yeah. 200. Oh, I love that book. And here, okay, here's one. And actually, I don't, I'm not, I'm just going to give the title. Obviously, we're not talking about it, but this is on my list of something that I would recommend to you. And I've not talked about it on the podcast. Oh, okay. What is so it? I want. I feel like it could be something for you. We Are Called to Rise by Laura McBride. Never heard of it my whole life. 309 pages. Okay. I think that could be a book that you would like. Adding it to the list. Uh, another one that I really, really love is Writers and Lovers by Lily King. 320 pages. So as you can see, I yeah, a lot of mine are 300 pages, but on my five-star bookshelf, I do have Did You Ever Have a Family by Bill Clegg, and that's at 293 pages. That one has long chapters, though, just FYI on that. And then I have also from my five-star bookshelf, Lily and the Octopus oh, by Stephen Rowley, yeah. 301 pages. Okay. So that's a, I think that's a, a fun little list of short books that we just gave. 
Yeah, that was a rapid fire. So we are going to, of course, get into our longer, well, they're not longer books, but (laughs) they're the books that we read (laughs) specifically for the show. First up for me is Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield. This book is 240 pages, and this one just came out in the U.S. in July. I'm so glad I read this. I had it on my radar for a while. I think I brought it to a mailbag episode because Mm -hmm. it's such an interesting book. It's about a couple, Mary and Leah. They are a queer married couple whose lives get disrupted after Leah goes through something traumatic and comes back changed. So Leah is a marine researcher and works on a submarine and travels to the deepest parts of the ocean, which scares the crap out of me. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to read this. I'm like, wait, what happened under the sea? I need to know. So months earlier, she leaves for what should have been a routine expedition, only this time their submarine sank to the bottom of the seafloor, the bottom. When they finally emerge and she returns home, she's super different. Her wife, Mary, knows something's up. She's not eating. She's lost in her thoughts. She doesn't seem like herself. And Leah is basically pacing around their apartment. And the only thing that keeps her grounded is running the water, running the taps and getting into the tub. And she starts acting super strange. And she never told Mary what the heck happened under the sea. And Leah What's so cool about this book is each woman gets a chapter. So you have Leah, then you have Mary, and you have Leah, then you have Mary. Mary is more so in the now, like, what's up with my wife? What the heck is going on here? These are the changes I'm seeing. And Leah is almost this fever dream of, she goes back to how she got into the field of marine researching and then tells us basically what happened when they're, they ran out of power in the submarine and it sunk basically is what happened. And she's telling you this, which sounds like it should be very straightforward. But again, it's almost this like fever dream. You're like, what is she talking about? She seems very, she's not reliable. Right. But then you, that's what I was just thinking. mm -hmm. And then you alternate to Mary. Who's like, my wife is like in the tub and like keeps asking for salt water. What is going on? She's desperate to figure out like, how do I help her? Actually, what I loved about this book was it's honestly about grief. It's about what do you do if your partner, something happens to them and they're forever changed? Like, what mm-hmm. would you do? They're still present in the physical world. They're still your partner. They're still the person that you love, but they're different. Like, maybe they had, well, traumatic brain injury. Maybe they went through an accident. Something happened to your partner and you're grieving because you're grieving the relationship that you want to have. You're grieving the relationship you once had. And so she, throughout this story is kind of figuring out like, how do I, what do I do? How do I be a good partner to her? This is not a thriller. So please don't hear me say that. It's actually not even horror. It's more or less speculative fiction, which I had to Google because I'm like, what is this genre? What is happening? And it's really, it's not even sci-fi. It's just think of it like a very literary book with some strange elements. It's unsettling. It is slow. It's a slow burn. But I say that and I read it in two days. So you get through it fast, but you're not racing through to see what happened. You're just Mm kind of like, what is up? The author takes her time revealing to what went on with Leah. I will say you do get a resolution. You figure out what's up, sort of. Like you you understand what happens because Leah comes to the end of her story. The chapters weren't very short, about 20 to 25 pages, but the writing itself is tight and beautiful to the point where I'm like, okay, where's my copy? I was listening to it and I was like, I have to underline because that's a beautiful sentence. 
She's got thoughtful tidbits on love and partnership and nature and what it means to really know and love somebody. It's very, very atmospheric. I, I, and it's funny because like I'm like, okay, it wasn't plot-driven. It, it wasn't even really character-driven because I didn't like fall in love with these characters because it's a short book. You don't get to know them for too long. But what kept me going was this growing sense of unease. Like, how is this going to end? What is happening? What the heck happened down there? And I felt satisfied when I left. Again, this is a weird book. I dug it. This was my type of story. So again, would like to recommend the audio. There's dual narrators, Annabelle Baldwin and Robin Holdaway. They were great. They did a nice job with it. They're English or British. And I don't even know where this is set. I think somewhere in England. I don't know if it's ever explicitly stated because most of it's, you know, under the sea. (laughs) I liked it. Normally, I'd be like, highly recommend, yes, go out there and get it. This is not for every reader, but this was definitely from this reader. This was Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield. And this is a debut, too, as a as a okay. note. Good. I am. Yeah, I remember when you brought that to, to Mailbag, I think, and it sounded really interesting. So I like the sound of it. How many pages did you say that was? That one was 240. That one was awesome. 240. Okay. All right. My first book I have mixed feelings about. It is. The Diver's Clothes Lie Empty by Vendela Fida. <laughs> what? You haven't heard of it, I know. Of course not. No. Oh, no, what are you? <laughs> uh, it's 244 pages. I liked this book, but let me tell you why I had mixed feelings. First, I'll tell you what it was about. This is about a woman who travels to Casablanca, Morocco on mysterious business. Now, we do not know why she is there, but clues will come out. Almost immediately while checking into her hotel, she is robbed. Her passport, all of her identification stolen. That would be a nightmare, right? Oh, Just for a sure. Total nightmare. The crime is investigated by the police. However, the woman is very suspicious that the hotel staff almost seem to be in on it with the authorities, uh. and she does not know what to do. I mean, I felt for I felt for her and then she immediately says, "Oh my gosh, I maybe I should have heeded the warning in her guidebook to Morocco which advised the first thing to do upon arriving in Casablanca is get out of Casablanca." Um so she stripped of her identity. She is not sure if they're going to figure out what happened to her passport, her ID, anything. However, she also feels a little bit of freedom to kind of decide to be anybody she wants to be. And that's what that's what initially drew me to this book because I was thinking, how would what if you did end up in another country and you you just had no identity and you what would you do? That's what I wanted to know. And what she decides to do, I was thoroughly surprised by. So this book, this book takes some interesting turns. She makes startling decisions, I thought, about how she decides to tackle this loss of identity. And then there's a chance encounter with a film crew, a movie film crew. They're there from the U.S. filming a major motion picture with big name movie stars and Something happens that provides her an intriguing opportunity. And from there, the story goes. And it, and I want to leave it at that because there's so many interesting turns that the story takes. What I love 
yes, it was short. I alternated print with audio. I mainly stuck with the audio and the audio was very good. But here's the thing. It's told in the second person. You are this. Tricky. You are that's that. tricky. Mm-hmm. It is very tricky to be told in this uh, to have an entire story in the second person. So that's probably my biggest criticism. I wasn't crazy about that choice. But what I really did love was the setting. The limited atmospheric details that I got were great because I don't know anything about Morocco. It was very hot. It was summertime there. And I loved, I loved that. I loved getting the Moroccan sights, sounds, food. The writing was good. The writing was compelling and the writing was very literary. I didn't mind any of that. I really was also compelled to find out how she was going to get out of this situation and what drove her to Morocco all by herself in the first place. Right. Okay. I let, yes, those things are great. I mean, and, and you do find out things and I was happy with the ending. What I will say, the plot did feel meandering at times and for such a, a short book, it was slow to me at times. And I actually don't usually say this either, but I wanted more setting details. Mm, mm-hmm. I wanted more. Because it was such a cool setting. Right. Yeah. I wanted more of that and I wanted more characterization than I got. So those are my main, I mean, overall, it was interesting. It's an interesting choice and it's a short book. So if it sounds interesting to others, I say, yeah, give it a try. You know, I, I land somewhere in the middle on this one. It's The Divers Close Light Empty by Vendela Vida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of that. But it sounds like it was, you know, a, sometimes though I'm like, all right, I didn't love it. But at least I read a book in a n- different setting. It got you like, yes. it, it wasn't just like a run of the mill. Okay, whatever. I'll kind of forget this next tomorrow. And I'm, yeah, I am glad I found out because what happened as far as like, the weird things that she chose to do. It was interesting. It's, well, that's know, good that it's you got the, I'm, it's good that you got the information you were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. What's your next book? <sighs> I've been saving this. This time has come. I am oh. so friggin' excited. So this book is Perfect Days by Rafael Montez. Oh. 272 pages. This is a book in translation, and Montez is a Brazilian author. He is said to be a young Stephen King. Ooh. I absolutely adored this book. Like, I am buzzing. I, I truly am buzzing. It's one of my favorites of the year. I loved it. However, I want to say, this book is dark. If you do not like dark books, please don't read it and tell me I'm a weirdo for liking it, because I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> this is very twisted. I want to give a quick shout-out to Brad at Fred Handbag underscore reads. He is the one that recommended it to me. I wish I could remember what I asked that made him recommend this book, but he is where I got this from. This is about Teo Avalar. He is a loner. He lives at home with his paraplegic mother in Rio de Janeiro. And he's actually a medical student, but doesn't have many friends. And the only time he feels like himself, the only person he feels a connection to, is his medical school cadaver. That's the only one he likes. So right away, you're like, oh, okay, I got it. (laughs) Check. (laughs) This is the kind of person you are. He's a loner. And one day, his mom finally convinces him to go to this neighborhood barbecue. And when he's there, he meets Clarice. Clarice is absolutely captivating. 
and completely opposite from him. She's spontaneous. She's chatty. She's opinionated. She's actually an aspiring screenwriter, and she's working on this screenplay called Perfect Days, and it's about three friends that go on a road trip across Brazil in search of romance. Immediately, they have this kind of beautiful, not beautiful, but they have this like sparks fly almost in his mind, and he becomes immediately obsessed with her. And here's the content warning. He starts to stalk her. So he follows her to her university. He calls her university and figures out when she's going to be there, follows her home, asks her out. And she's like, dude, no, like, I'm not interested. Thank you. But no, thank you. He keeps pressing. He keeps pressing. And eventually he ends up kidnapping her. And they embark on this twisted road trip across Brazil because he knows that if she would just give him a little bit more time, she would fall in love too. And so they basically work to trace the plan that she outlined in her screenplay. And he's all the while trying to make her see, like, this is the kind of person I am. I'm this strong man. You, We are meant to be together. And you're just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like you as the reader are like, oh gosh. Now he is talking to you as a reader. It's all from his perspective, as I recall. So I'm getting goosebumps because he's a friggin' weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) But as you, you know, as the journey progresses, he backs himself into a corner, so to speak, right? Okay. Oh my God. It was so good, but he is a little nasty and he will stop at nothing to get them to be together. I was reading this on the airplane to Mexico. I was reading this on the shuttle between the airport and Mexico. Now, was I looking around at the beautiful scenery of Cancun? Sort of. But mostly I was trying to finish this book because it was so good. We went down to the pool right away. I'm bringing this book and these we're meeting these new people. And I'm like, listen, can't wait to chat with you soon. I have to know how this book ends. I gasped out loud. I was like, no. He's a real psychopath. Like textbook. And I don't say that lightly. I've heard people say that if you like the book You by Carolyn Kepneys, you might like this. You know I'm sitting here quietly (laughs) saying I have total Joe Goldberg vibes and I was waiting patiently to ask you. Literally, yes. Yes. But uh, Joe, different. Different but similar. Similar but different. (laughs) Okay. Again, (laughs) this is disturbing. It's unsettling. It's like oddly. You know how Joe has like funny, odd humor? You're like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. what? It's that sort of thing. He's less charming than Joe, in my opinion, but like still that sort of humor. I was so entertained. I loved this book. Ah, I'm so glad I got to talk about it. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's messed up. Ah, please read it. And it's, I don't think it's in audio. I don't know because it's a book in translation. So you might have to like, I bought it from. I think I got it from Amazon used. It came from like a Goodwill. So How anyway, am I, re- oh, gosh. I don't know oh, if you gonna... can get your little hands, your hot little hands on this. I yeah, highly recommend it. To... You've it's... sold it. I'm going to have to squeeze that in. It's Perfect Days by Rafael Montez. But the good wow. news, remember, it's only 272 pages. So true. you got very this. you very true. Yeah. Wow. That sounds good. Oh, it's so good. Mm. A little Stephen King combined with a little Joe Goldberg. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Mm. And you're in Brazil, like. It's like oh, a yeah. place that I know nothing about. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, so the paperback currently is $23. Only one left in stock. I wouldn't recommend that. The Kindle, though, you can get the Kindle for 8 bucks, And there is an audiobook, so. Oh, I'll, I'll probably check. If there's an audiobook, then I'm going to check my audio sources. Oh. 
All right. <gasps> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, y'all. It's on scribed. It is. It's on scribed. Yes. Yes. Okay. The narrator still have scribed. The narrator's Tom scribed. Picasso. Scribed. Scribed. Scribed or scribed. We could it, be either. This one. book is yo, go get this book. <laughs> okay, I'll put a link. Let me put that in the show notes. All right. Well, I mean, I am as excited about my next book as you are about that one. Be, uh, but I feel like it's a come down from your excitement <laughs> level. These are rare um, books that get me that jazzed. I mean, I love that you're that. Yeah, you. it's not often that either one of us get that yeah. truly excited. I love that you're that excited about it. I am very excited about this one because this was a, I decided to go with a trusted author and it paid off. I read This Is How I Lied by Heather Gudenkoff. Oh, yes. And I know this author. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is one. This is from her backlist. And this is 332 pages. Uh, I did listen to it. The audio was great. This is what I thought was a traditional murder mystery. And this is about the fact that everyone has a secret they'll do anything to hide. It's set in two timelines. 25 years ago, in the past timeline, 1995, the body of 16-year-old Eve Knox was found in the caves near her home in a small town in Iowa. She's discovered by her best friend, Maggie, and her sister, Nola. There were a handful of suspects, including her boyfriend, Nick, but without sufficient evidence, the case went cold. And for decades, Maggie is haunted by Eve's death and that horrible night. Now, in present day, she is a detective in the same small town. She's seven months pregnant, And she is thrust back into the past when a new piece of evidence surfaces and the case is reopened. Maggie is part of the investigative team, and she starts reexamining the clues. Secrets about what really happened begin to emerge. However, someone in the town knows more than they're letting on, and they'll stop at nothing to keep the truth buried. The opening scene is... A chilling murder scene, chilling in the opening scene. And and that's what this author does so well. She pulls you right in with action and suspense. And following the opening scene, it is fast. You have a fast-paced setup with revolving characters. Get to know the boyfriend, Nick. Get to know the small town. And very, very quickly, oh, we get to know Maggie. And I really like Maggie, really like Maggie. Mag- and Maggie's married, got to know her husband, the parents, everybody. You, you just, you get to know them quickly, but you get to know them deeply. And it's not very long before multiple shifting suspects slowly begin to take shape. And it becomes apparent that many people in this town had questionable motives and alibis. As I said, it alternated perspectives between Maggie in the present day and Eve 25 years ago. So we got to hear from Eve throughout the story, which was an interesting narrative choice, and it worked very well. I found Maggie as a character that I could root for, but also it sounds, I mean, I liked Eve, but we know what happened to Eve. So it was it was weird, but it was also compelling. And I love the the way the story 
comes together in subtle, layered ways that allowed me to work the case along with Maggie. So if you like to be able to solve the puzzle, just the right amount of clues, and just be able to go along and play detective, you can totally do that in this book. The way that she writes, everyone was a potential suspect. I love the past in 1995. So you've got the pre-cell phone, pre-internet part of it. And then she also uses a mixed media narrative type structure. There's newspaper clippings. There's social media posts that people in the town are posting things on social media. And then you get to read other people's comments. Oh, that's because it's Yeah, it's a very small town gossipy. And I will say this. This book lulled me into thinking that it was a straightforward murder mystery. And then at one point, and I will not say when, the story changed course. And it just, she just flipped it, flipped the story. And I was like, oh my gosh, I literally have no idea where the story is going. I loved it, loved it. It was very surprising. And as of right now, I'm three for three on this author. I've Ooh. read three of her books. All three have been five stars. I read Before She Was Found, The Overnight Guest, and now this one. That is This Is How I Lied by Heather Gudenkoff. Love it. I love another so good. like thriller author that you can read their whole backlog. Does yeah. she have more books that you've yeah, she had, okay. yeah, she has more. I seem to be working my way in, a, in an odd direction because <laughs> I started new backlist. I, yeah, I went new, new, and then backlist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah. Well, good. So I loved it. Well, speaking of authors that I've loved and I'm going to read their next book, I have as my shelf edition a shoe story by Jane L. Rosen. This is the author of Eliza Starts a Rumor, which I really enjoyed. And this book came out in June. It's about Esme Nash, who is eager to leave her small town and begin her carefully planned post-grad life. She's moving to New York City. She's in an apartment with her loving college boyfriend and getting a fancy job at an art gallery. We all know something's going to happen. So tragedy strikes. Instead of heading to Manhattan, she returns home to care for her ailing father and feels like she has to basically give up her dreams. Seven years later... We catch up with Esme, and she is offered a dog-sitting job in Greenwich Village by a mysterious stranger, which gives her access to all of her long-buried hopes and dreams, as well as to an epic collection of designer shoes. She jumps at the second chance for her future she always dreamed of for herself and feels like it was almost meant to be. She retraces her steps, one pair of borrowed shoes at a time, making new friends and reconnecting with her old love. And she's trying on different versions of herself. She feels like now is really her time to try and find herself after spending so much time taking care of her father. It's in summer, the lazy August days and warm summer nights pass too quickly. And now she has to decide how much of the life she imagines still fits and what and who is on the road ahead of her. I think this sounds so nice. This one's a shoe story by Jane L. Rosen. If you like books about finding yourself, if you like books about New York City, I think it could be a really fun read. Okay, great. All right. My shelf edition, if I can't believe... I'm I'm going into fall with this one. I've got I, I'm. It sounds so good. I had to bring it. It's called Small Game by Blair Braverman. It comes out November first, and this is a debut. 
And I love the sound of it. This is about four strangers and six weeks time. You have Mara. She is a teacher at a survival school called Primal Instinct. And there she teaches rich clients how not to die during a night outdoors. And one day, TV producers for a reality survival show called Primal Instinct show up and ask her to join their show. And she needs the money. So they are uh, casting for a new show called Civilization. So she says, sounds like she says yes. And all she has to do is live off the land with her fellow survivors for long enough to get the prize money. So her and four strangers, they are helicoptered to an undisclosed location where she meets her teammates. They sound interesting. You have a grizzled outdoorsman, an Eagle Scout, a white-collar professional, and then Ashley, a girl that is beautiful but inexperienced and just wants to be famous. So put them all together. Suddenly, things start happening. The cast wakes up one morning, and they find that something has gone horribly wrong, and all of a sudden, fear takes over the group. They cannot figure out, are the producers giving them an extra challenge, or are they wrapped up in something more dangerous? Um, Pretty soon, Mara and the others face terrifying decisions as survival becomes more than a game. I like the sound of this one a lot. It's called Small Game by Blair Braverman. It comes out November 1st. Oh, gosh. The year is just... doesn't it? It does sound really good. But you said November. I'm like, oh, the year is just flying by. I know. It's wild. I I know. I debated, but then really... No, it's really not that far far away. Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) Well, folks, that's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Truly, this helps us get our show out to new listeners and grows our audience. So we would love it if you could do that. And don't forget, if you would like access to exclusive bonus content, if you want to support our small business, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash book talk, etc. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember everything's better with books. Do you want to continue recording or no? You just want to go look for this book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sold it good enough. <laughs> Woo, now. <laughs>